0: Good morning, everyone, it's uh, good to be here, and um, yeah, wow, it was um, great to hear so much things happening in the church, and um, blessed um, hearing it, and I continue to pray that all of you will continue to serve our God faithfully as a um, community. Um, Let's just bow down our heads and let's pray pray together as we look into God's Word today. Uh, Father, Lord, we thank you once again for this beautiful day. I thank you, God, uh, once again for the opportunity you've uh, given me uh, to be back in this church, uh, to uh, encourage your people, uh, to exhort your people. Father, I pray uh, that you'd use me today Uh, that everyone will be edified, uh, including myself, oh God, as we look into thy word. Um, Give us a heart uh, to listen, uh, that Lord, and then to apply, that we will not just be hearers of thy word, but we're doers of it. Lord, um, just bless this time, and uh, also those who are worshiping us with us online. I pray that there would be no problems with technology that they would also hear thy word uh, clearly father uh, so we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name amen and amen uh, we're continuing our um, series in the book of uh, Thessalonians and of course this is our third uh, message and uh, throughout the time that I was preparing this message uh, uh, I always have a break and listen to uh, messages from from people, and I was just, uh, I was listening to this pastor online, and uh, he was preaching in the book of Acts, and he was talking about community. And um, he had this. He mentioned this title: "It takes a village." So I'm borrowing it this morning to really uh, put across what uh, I want us to be. Encouraged as a community, even hearing uh, what Clarice has said in her testimony, uh, um, the love and the uh, how he has, she felt being accepted in this in this community is 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 wonderful. So I pray that all of us will be encouraged. Now I don't know if you remember, but in 1996, um, Hillary Clinton wrote a book entitled. Um, it takes a village. And they say that this this comes from an African proverb, although they, they say also that no one has been able to verify its its origin. But the premise of the book is that it takes more than just the immediate family to raise a to raise a child. Now I, I look at the commentaries and uh, reviews of this book, and they say that some people say that the major flaw of this book, that from Clinton's perspective, the village was the federal government, and its main purpose was to, was to justify even the greater government to, to intervene more in the lives uh, of, of, of the families in the U.S. However, I do think that the overall premise that the people and groups outside the immediate family do have a great influence in raising our children, I would say it's certainly true in, 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 a, bigger, in a bigger way. But I would start by saying this today, church. And fortunately, especially being here in Australia, living in a culture where people have become more and more isolated. That's what I've, I've noticed here in this, in this country. In my own opinion, in my own observation, in some ways I would say that one of the worst inventions, so to speak, of all time, is the garage doors, this, those electric garage doors, that has made it possible for people to just go out, go to their office, Open the garage door automatically. Go to their house and never see anyone. And coming here, it was like, wow, this is not how I grew up. Back home, we interact with with people, but here, no. It has made that invention has made it possible for people to live and re-enter their homes without even even interact with 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 neighbors. So there are some neighbors who would, who would say hi and hello, but, but that's it. But church, I don't know if you would agree with me, but as, the church has not been immune to those trends. We now have a whole generation who claim to be Christians, who also claim that they can live as a Christian without even being an integral part of a local church. And that's what I want us to see today. We'll see this morning that this this idea flies in the face of what the Bible teaches and is completely contrary to the life of the disciples in the first century. Now, I don't know if you would agree with me again, but that the the COVID pandemic that has passed a couple of years has hastened this trend. In fact, based on surveys, they say that there are a lot of Christians who have gotten pretty comfortable watching church in their pajamas, in the comfort of their homes. And many say that they, uh, many say that they, they probably won't return to church building even when, when was the pandemic, when, when did it end? Like, now it's okay already. It was like three, four, three years already has, has passed. Now, I'm grateful for technology that has made it possible for many of people to continue to be part of their church family over the, the, the many years, especially when pandemic was, was, really, was really on. I'm grateful for technology, but I do worry that at some point that will become the norm for many people. Right. I don't know in this church with all the leadership you've seen, probably a lot of people have still not been been back in been back in in the church. That has been the norm for many already, and that's a shame. Because as we're going to discover today, where I want us to understand God's message for us is that there is a sense in which it does takes a village to raise a Christian, to raise a disciple of Jesus. So if you want to become mature disciples, we need to be active participants in the community that you belong in the community that Clarice has mentioned, this community that you have here in CCMA. You see, church, as I've said this morning, is the third message from our current series in the book of Thessalonians. In this series, Jeffrey has mentioned, we're studying Paul's first letter to the church In Thessalonica, a church that he he had founded only months before he wrote this letter. But in the letter, he is giving them some practical advice about how to live as they waited for the Lord's return, Jesus' return. And I would say that that advice that Paul has given to the church in Thessalonica is relevant for us as we continue to do the same thing. Now, sometimes, I think some people probably view Paul as being kind of cold and feeling, but the passage that we're seeing today, this morning, is a window to his heart, right? This, 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 this passage in Thessalonians. In fact, I was chatting with Jeffrey before his message the last week. I said, what we see in that chapter really was the pastor's heart. We can see Paul's heart there, window into Paul's heart. And we're going to see that, in fact, Paul is loving, caring man who desires to pour his life into the lives of his fellow disciples. Now, let's turn to the text that we have this morning. and let, let me just read it again for you. It says here, but since... And just as you know, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter has tempted you and our labor would be, would be in vain. Now, let's stop, let's stop there. Here's what I want us to develop this morning. It takes a village to develop a mature disciple of Jesus. It takes this community for each and every one of you for each and every one of us to become mature disciple of Jesus. But before we get into some specifics in this passage, I want to ask you to take a moment to scan through this passage and look at all the pronouns that you can see there. First, from Paul's perspective, you will see that he rarely uses I. He rarely uses I or or me. Instead, most of the first person pronouns are we and us. Right? And sometimes I think we get the idea that Paul's ministry was carried out in in isolation. But we see here and elsewhere, if we we study Paul's life in his letters, that it was almost always... A team effort. And the second person pronouns are also plural. That means that every time you see the pronoun you in these verses, you can replace it with, with you all. You can replace it with you all. In Greek, verbs can also be either singular or plural, and nearly all the verbs in this, in this passage that we have here today are all Plural. So right away, we get the idea from this passage that it's all about community. It's all about everyone that is here. While there is, there is uh, an individual aspect to discipleship, overall, it is a process that takes place within a community, and it involves everyone in that community. And I want you to look at the person beside you and tell them it involves you. Go on. CCMA involves each and every one of you. Right away from this passage, it's all about community. It's all about community. Community. So church, listen to this. Of course, as I've said, there is an individual aspect in in, in discipleship, but it takes, overall, it is a process that takes place within the community. Or to put it in terms we are using this morning, it takes a village. Now the second thing I want to note here is that Paul is not satisfied to just make converts. His goal is he wants to make disciples. It is not just to get people to make a decision, to raise their hands, or even say a prayer. Paul doesn't just leave these new disciples to fend for themselves. He sends, as what we have see here in the story, he sends Timothy to check on them. He sends Timothy to see how they're doing. And then, since he can't return in person, right, even though what we see here, that it is what he, 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 prefers, to, he prefers to do, he writes this letter to help the people in the church here in, in Thessalonica to mature in their, in their faith. Now, most of us are familiar with, with what we usually call the Great Commission, are we, right? The Great Commission, but I want to call your attention to one specific aspect of what Jesus said to his disciples after his resurrection, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 four. Let me just read it for you. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. No, not this church. The task that Jesus gave to his disciples and to us is what? Make converts? Is it? Come on. Make converts or make disciples? Make disciples. not just make converts. There is no such thing as a Christian who is not also a disciple. And since becoming a mature disciple is something that is best accomplished in a community, as what Clarice mentioned in this church, or like-minded people, that's why Jesus never intended for there to be any Lone Ranger Christians. Right, people say, no, I can I can live my life as a Christian. I can do it myself. I study the Word myself. I pray myself. I go to the church. I can go to the church. I, I, I just watch online. Then I'm okay in my, in my Christian life. No. That's what, not what I see here in, in, our, in our passage today. So let's see what we can learn from this passage about what a disciple-making village looks like. What I see here, firstly, is that in a village like this, they are the people are with one another. Or to be more even accurate, maybe I should say they are with one, another, with one another and they are actually enjoying it. They are actually enjoying it. We see in verse 17 that Paul eagerly desired to be with the people of Thessalonica in person. To see them face to face, that's what he desires. And that's not surprising after what we, can, we have seen last week of what Paul has in his heart. he is affectionately desirous of his fellow disciples being there. Paul genuinely liked the people and longed to be with them. Unfortunately, as what we've seen in the text, Paul was prevented from being with these people in person right now. So, so he had to disciple them by other means. That's not altogether with what we have experienced as a church over the last couple of years when COVID, when COVID hit, right? If you remember, for a period of time, we were limited to only a handful of people being in, in, in this room every, every Sunday. We had to minister Each this church had to not all the churches have to minister to their to their members and worshipers using technology. But I can tell you during that time, I can tell you that Shukit and the elder and the deacons, even I myself, when I was still here as a pastor, we missed all of you being able to see you face to face. And I tell you, it's not easy to sing or to preach in an empty building. It's not ask the people who were leading worship. Ask Kenneth who was singing in our garage for everyone. Ask Cliff preaching on his room with, with, with a video on. It's not, it's not easy. But as I mentioned earlier, there's this, this, this part of me that is, that is concerned that there are some who have become so comfortable with just attending church online, and that you'll continue to do that even though COVID already finished, when everyone is, 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 is allowed to be in church already. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for technology that makes it possible for us to, do, to disciple people remotely. If you have worked, if you're sick, if you're doing something, we're thankful for technology, but it's certainly not the ideal. So, I would say for probably people watching online right now if you haven't been ready, or, or have always been online, right? haven't been in, in church for in person yet, I, I, would, I would even say there, there are people I know here, I encourage here yeah, before people that I've known here when I started within the church, I've seen them gone, I've seen them, I've encouraged them to come back they say yes but I still haven't seen them here yet no I'm not picking on you but what I'm encouraging you for what I've seen here in, in scripture, I want to encourage you to consider doing coming back as soon as you can as I've said, if you have work, yes, we're thankful for technology. But if you can, if still that's not an option, I hope that you, you'll at least find a way to get to together with other Christians in a smaller setting on a, regular, on a regular basis. Because this church, what we've seen here, a disciple-making village, The people are with one another. And secondly, they also persevere with one another. So both Paul and his companions, Timothy and Silas, and the people in the church in Thessalonica were facing opposition. That's what we've seen here. They're facing persecution for their faith in Jesus. Paul claims that he had been hindered by Satan from returning to the city to visit the people there. But since it's not our main focus this morning, we don't have time to dig into the idea in depth. But I don't think that Paul is, saying, is trying to say that there is a demon behind every bush. He is merely pointing out that Satan would like nothing better than to keep each and every Christian from gathering. So he had influenced the Jews there in Thessalonica to run Paul out of town and to keep him from from returning and when he sent Timothy back to minister in his place that left Paul all alone for for a while in Athens and as someone probably I've 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 heard a friend of mine who was pastoring at a church right he said that he he experienced being alone it was not easy He had the same situation as Paul. Paul also mentions here that if the people there in Thessalonica were left in their own, it was much more likely that Satan would be able to tempt them and draw them away from God. Right? If they're alone, draw them away from God. And there's always that illustration that they say for, for woods in a fire, take one, what happens to that one? It dies down, right? In a body of Christ, as an illustration, our body, right? If I, if I cut off my pinky here, right, put it aside, what will happen to the pinky? It will be dead, right? You don't believe me? Try it. <laughs> the church... What we need to see here is that we need also to persevere with one another, even though with, with the difficulties. Because you see, I think Satan understands it, that it's much easier to pick off a lone sheep than one who is part of a flock, and so does He does everything in his power to try to isolate disciples of Jesus when they're going through trials. And from what I've observed Satan is pretty good at that he's pretty good at that my heart has been broken over and over in my pastoral ministry when I witness to those who claim to be Christians who isolate themselves from God and God's people when they encounter difficulty in their lives but you see, church, those are the times when we most desperately need others to go through those trials with us. We persevere in one another, and also we need to value one another. Jeffrey was preaching on sharing his caring. We need to value one another. When Paul was unable to go back to Thessalonica, Thessalonica himself, what is the story here? He sent Timothy there to check on how his disciples were doing. And I love how Paul describes Timothy in verse, verse, verse 2. Here. Our brother and our co-worker in the gospel of Christ, right? That's how Paul described Timothy. Now, even though Timothy did not, have prob- did not probably have all the credentials that Paul had, but he was a valuable part of Paul's team. I mean, Paul could have said something. I'm unable to come to you right now. I'm sending Timothy here. Sorry, but he's the best I've got. I know that he's not like me. He hasn't been a Christian for a long time. He doesn't have a lot to offer, but I suppose he's better than not sending anyone else. Paul could probably say that. A lot of, a lot of those could probably be, be, be true, right? But Paul recognized that even though Timothy might not have had the same qualifications that he did, he was gifted by God and had a lot to offer to the people in Thessalonica. And this is a great reminder for each and every one of us here, for every disciple in the body of Christ. We all have different gifts and abilities. Some are more public than others. But I tell you, they are equally valuable and equally necessary in the process of making a wonderful community that you have here. It's all important in in making each and everyone to become a mature disciple. And I'm pretty sure the leadership here, Elder Shukit here would say we need every single one of you to do your part and exercise your gifts here at CCMA. Right, Elder Shukit? value one another next is what I see here is that they encourage one another Paul sent Timothy to the the Thessalonians so that he could so that he would establish and exhort them in their faith look at chapter 3 verse 2 establish and exhort you in your faith now, although Paul had left the disciples in the church there with good doctrinal foundation, I would say he knew that it was most important to constantly remind the people about the basis for their faith and to encourage them to continue to live in accordance with what they have, they have taught. Now, what, this church teaches good doctrine. But as what we've seen here with Paul. He knew it was also important to constantly remind the people about their faith, the basis for their faith. Encourage them to continue. Now, let's face it. Most of the time, when I preach, when Cliff preach, when Leslie preaches, when Jeffrey preaches, we're not telling you something new and revolutionary. In large part, we're just reminding you of what you've been taught. Encouraging you to live your lives in accordance with what you, already, what you already know. And hopefully, part of the encouragement is providing you with some practical ways to live out your, to live out your faith. But that is only one aspect of encouraging each other. And the great news is that every single one of you is capable of doing that right where you are. You can do that in your marriages. You can do that in your families, school, neighborhood, work, and right here at CCMA. At times, it's simply a matter of catching someone living out their faith and encouraging them, right? You see someone living out their faith, encouraging them. At other times it's coming alongside a brother or a sister who is struggling in some way and offering to walk through that valley with that brother or with that sister. And since she's not here today, she's in, in KFC, I'm going I'll go ahead and embarrass embarrass Auntie Monica, right? But I would say this, if you've ever been around Auntie Monica, to Monica for long, then I know that you've been encouraged by her. Maybe by a kind word or an email or, 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 or a message. She's very good at that. When I say church, we could all use a lot more of Monica's in our, in our lives. And nextly, quickly here, rejoice with one another. Even though disciples in Thessalonica are struggling in some aspects of their faith, Paul makes a concerted effort to celebrate the things that they are doing right. Correct? It's mentioned there. They were uh, the, the things that they've been doing right. We saw that at the beginning of his letter when he gave thanks for their influence, for the gospel in the entire region, and he does it again here. The wonderful things that the church Chapter 2, verse 20, right? Our glory and, and joy. Paul took great joy in the fact that the disciples there were growing in their faith and continuing to, ha- to have such a great impact for the kingdom. And I would say just, it's just a practical application. One of the practical ways that you can do this as a body is to celebrate together spiritual milestones in this church. That's a way someone wants to be baptized. Support. It's spiritual milestones in this church. Be there. See, church... I hope that it's just very clear and simple, but it takes a village to, de- to develop a mature disciple of, of Jesus. And I would say the writer of Hebrews sum, sum up much of what we've talked about today in this familiar verse, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. It's a very familiar verse, right? Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near and this verse points out the closer we get to the return of jesus the more crucial it is going to be for every disciple of jesus to be part of a local church to be part of the community and this is a wonderful community that you have here a community that is characterized by the things that we've we've talked this morning as we face, as we continue to face increasing opposition and persecution we're going to need each other not only to survive but to thrive as a family as a community so I want to invite you to be active participant, participant in this community that you belong to in this village that we call Kawandila Christian and Missionary Alliance. If Shukit would stand up here, he would say, we need you and you need us. That's what he would would say. I know that many of you are already an integral part of this community, and if that's the case, I want to encourage each and every one of you to keep it, to continue doing it, But even if you're already active here, it's certainly possible that God has used this time to impress on you some things that you could either do for the first time or do some more for for this community. To do better and improve your effectiveness in developing mature disciples. If that's the case, you see, Lawrence was here asking all your help. For KFC, Anita was here. She, could, she can't be here on, on your um, food fair. And I've heard this, there's so many activities that you're not able to do. It's because of the lack of people to be able to help in those ministries. Let Shukit know, and he can, and he can direct it to the deacons where you guys can help the church. And there's probably some of you this morning or listening online who are just dipping your toes in the water, so to speak. As I've said, maybe you just tuned in this morning for the first time. Oh, I see this church, CMA. Or someone invited you to be here. You're just dipping your toes. You have never really jumped in completely and become part of this, of this community. If that describes you, then I want to encourage you today. Shukit says, the more the merrier. It takes a village. It takes a community. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much encouraged with uh, what's going on in this, in this church here right now. Continue doing it faithfully. The Lord will do more to use you to reach out to this this region here just a quick one a reminder for, for everyone that's what I've said if you see someone that's doing well encourage a tap on the back if you see someone struggling walk with that person because that's what community is all about and may the Lord help each and every one of you as we continue to serve our God may I ask the music team to come up and let me pray Father, Lord, I thank you for this church once again. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you, Lord, for everyone who's serving right now, everyone who's part of this community, part of this village, Father. We continue to bless them, their lives and in service in, in this church, in the ministries that they're in, oh God. I pray that they will also have that that eye to see those who are, who are struggling to walk with them and to see those who are serving well to, to have a, a pat in the back and to, to encourage them to do more father because that's what you desire for us to be as your people lord if there are those who are here who are just dipping their toes oh god in the water so to speak Lord, may you use this community, this church, to have open arms to accept that person, to share with that person the love that you have given here. And I continue to pray for this church, the leadership, uh, Pastor Joshua's um, process of coming here, Father. I pray that there there will be no problems, oh God. This community that you have established, this community that you have called to do your work here in Kawandila can do more for your glory, Father. We praise you, God, for everything in Jesus' name. Amen.